This podcast brought to you by Earthlink. I'm Molly Wood, author of CNET's Buzz Report. And I'm Tom Merritt, author of CNET's The Real Deal. Welcome to Buzz Out Loud, our podcast of indeterminate length with, as always, our fabulous producer, Veronica. Woo! Featuring. <laughs> Woo! I think it's featuring. Featuring. Fabulous Not producer. with. Guest starring. Anyway, Veronica's here too. It's not a guest starring role if I, I'm here every day. Yeah, it's it's like with. It's with. Yeah. I like featuring. Well, I like that's, featuring. That's, it reminds me of like SNL. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking of. Uh, okay, let's right. move on. Xbox 360 out today. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! Yes. People are swaddled. Swaddled and freezing in <laughs> front of... Swaddled? Yeah, that's what it says. Swaddled in sleeping bags. Wow. They're swaddling. They're clothes. swaddled. And laid in a parking lot like by the electronics store. <laughs> <laughs> And the holidays were upon them. <laughs> Looking towards the star <laughs> of Xbox 360. Anyway, they're swaddled in sleeping bags. That's what it says right here at news.com. And they are freezing and they're sitting out in front of stores. And that's why we live in California because our lines are much more temperate. Now, you had mentioned uh, yesterday afternoon to me that Walmart promises they are not going to run out of Xbox 360s. Yes. And I want the first person to go to Walmart that is out of Xbox 360 to call our podcast yeah. and tell us. one 8 Hundred six one six C N E T. I started to give the uh, the phone number for the holiday help desk this we've, Friday. Uh, by we've accident. been we've practicing. Been practicing. Um, yes, Walmart says they think they're going to have enough and they shouldn't shouldn't be running out. So if your your Best Buy runs out, I guess Walmart's hoping you'll come to them. Mm-hmm. We shall see. Mm-hmm. It says uh, the market for Xbox three hundred and sixty consoles has already spiked on eBay. Dozens of premium Xbox units were being auctioned for five hundred to twelve hundred dollars. At that point, just go to Amazon and get yeah. the thousand dollar bundle. You won't uh, you won't get it right away though. Yeah, you won't get it right away on eBay either. No, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If that's, you're going to pay a thousand dollars online for an Xbox, why wouldn't you go to Amazon yeah, and get the bundle? With pay a thousand dollars for one that comes with ten games. I'm catching on now. Do you yeah. have? Did you buy one? I have not purchased one. I have yet. not. Veronica, no. Because you know yeah. why? Even though I think it's really cool, I don't have a media center PC that I want to stream from, and I already streamed to my network DVD player from my regular old PC, and there's not the killer game. Mm-hmm. So I'm perfectly I, because I play Halo Two and that's pretty much only that's all I play. I, I kind of don't care right now about upgrading. Yeah, if, I'm not ready. If there was like Halo Three and it would only play on Xbox 360, then I think I'd probably do it. Yeah, I I think I'm gonna wait. Yeah, especially because of all of the the stock issues. Like I don't really. It's not worth going through all that. To no. Me. Even if I could walk in and get it today, I'm not sure that I would get it. But I would be more likely to get it than all of this hoopla. Well, do you have a console right now at all? I do. I have a Sony PlayStation 2, and I have a Nintendo GameCube. Oh, so you just started looking to complete your trifecta. And I I, had, I, had, I, I didn't want the Xbox, then I did, and then I didn't, and then the 360 talk started, and I thought I'd just wait and see. I see. I never had a console until the Xbox. It was all about Halo 2. Really? Yeah. I was a PC gamer before. I always played on real tournament PC. Oh, okay, because I was about to call you a poser. Oh, hey, really? <laughs> See, I got the GameCube because we can I, call each other names later. When okay. you talk about titles, I got the GameCube because of uh, Zelda, which I have always loved. Yeah, to that's play. why we had a GameCube too, at my family's house. I think that is that is the biggest single drawback of Xbox 360. And believe me, this is not an original sentiment. That's kind of what everyone's been saying about it. There's no killer title, mm. and since you have to buy the premium to be able to play an older game then you're kind of only, you know, there's no game that's going to make you upgrade. There and if you're going to upgrade just for upgrading sake, then you kind of have to upgrade to the premium because if you want to keep playing your old games, you need that hard drive. Yeah, so. there, there, there are no killer titles yet. Yet. There will be. There will be. But yeah, I'm right sure we now. can expect Halo 3 like, I don't know, summer? What do you think? 
Probably. I yeah. I wonder if anybody knows. Yeah, I, wonder. I haven't heard anything. But about I feel it. like that would would be most likely to be the biggest new the next new title to come out. I don't know. We should get some input from listeners. On I that think one. so. Yeah, anybody know about that? Send what, us an email. Buzz at cnet.com. And what game would make you upgrade? Yeah, that's a good question. We should post that one in the forums. Actually, what game would make you upgrade? Okay. We will do it. All right, BitTorrent and MPAA to join forces. What? What? Uh, this is a posting on Boing Boing from Zenny Jardin saying that. She says the Motion Picture Association of America released an advisory that they will have a press conference along with Dan Glickman of the MPAA and Brom Cohen of BitTorrent. So the speculation is that they're going to announce a movie industry file sharing service. What? Through BitTorrent. No. So, well, why? this wouldn't be bad. You still use BitTorrent for other things. MPAA is so evil. Yeah, well, that makes you wonder how they're going to do it. I mean, these yeah. files are going to be DRM'd. Probably in you an can evil almost guarantee way. it. Uh, they will be they will be copy protected, but how <laughs> is one interesting point? Yes. How secure is it going to be? Yes. And uh, how much is it going to cost? Yes. But uh, otherwise, it's and a great it? idea. Yeah. I mean, this BitTorrent is is the best way to distribute video files, so it's at yes. least heartening that they have gone to the right people for this. In my opinion, if there were minimal restrictions and the price were right, I think obviously people are looking for some sort of legal way to download movies. Yeah. That is kind of the one thing so far that's lacking. So, and if you could put them on your PSP, I mean, I don't know. I guess it'd be pretty cool. And the one drag... I guess it's one, pretty cool. <laughs> I guess. And one drag on delivering movies is bandwidth, which that's a whole deal with BitTorrent right, as it gets around bandwidth. The thing is, BitTorrent doesn't work as well when it's not as popular of a file. So... This has got to catch on for it to work. It's a little chicken and egg Yeah, thing. so at first it just wouldn't work that well. It would work okay. Well, I wonder, would they seed some servers with Probably. the files? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course they will. Hmm. Anyway, we will uh, let you know tomorrow the results of that press conference, but we suspect it will indeed be an agreement. Wouldn't it be funny sort. if the press conference started with the MPAA turning to BitTorrent, like turning on them, double-crossing them, <laughs> saying, we're actually suing you. You guys are dead. Um, that would be funny and not entirely unexpected yeah, frankly <laughs> you don't know the power of the dark side really bad virus speaking of dark side bad bad yeah. bad bad posting on slash dot here about the zero day uh, exploit it's not really a virus because the way you get it is to visit a website and yes. it exploits a critical flaw in internet explorer if you have javascript enabled so there's two ways to get around it that people are recommending right now one turn off javascript while you're using ie which is sort of a pain uh, or two uh, use mozilla or firefox or possibly opera or another browser mozilla and firefox are the ones i've seen mentioned I assume Opera would also be secure as well. Right. But this is called the zero-day exploit, and apparently it is not applicable on Macs. Uh, it works on fully patched Windows XP systems with default IE installations. <laughs> so also expect another patch really bad. to come soon. Really bad. Uh, Veronica, why are you cackling over there? I would, no, what? Oh, because I use a Mac. Well, Veronica, we have uh, some news for you. What? Microsoft. This is on the Wired <laughs> this Cult actually, of Mac blog. Yeah, this is just kind of awesome it's not anti-mac at all um microsoft's msn site if you go there using internet explorer it suggests that you switch to another browser the msn page you oh. know microsoft network yeah. yeah if you go there you'll be greeted by a message at msn that says if you are using internet explorer for mac we recommend that you use, a, use another browser to have an optimal experience of msn <laughs> <gasps> because that's silly because microsoft stopped updating explorer for the mac in right. 2003 after mm -hmm. safari came out you know, I maintain 
that actually one of the reasons that I am have decided to sell my Mac Mini is that most of what I do on the Mac is browse, and there's not a good browser on the Mac. I know I'm going to get the freak out emails for this, but browsing is so like browsing consistently and crash free is so difficult on the Mac. See, I have never had a problem browsing with Safari. I have had a lot of trouble browsing on a Mac with Firefox. I've had millions of problems with Safari. But crash Safari Central. has never never crashed on me. I don't know why. Yeah, really. I've never had Safari crash on me on the Mac. I oh, have had I big have. problems with it not rendering pages correctly and having issues like that. That too. I have problems with online banking. I mean, I really? have. Oh, yeah. 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 I never do. Well, See, I wonder if it just. Can't pay the student loan know. on the Mac. Got to use a PC. Huh. Yeah. The um, I can tell you, the Crate and Barrel website just does not work <laughs> in Safari. <laughs> It'll make you crazy. Yeah, no, I've heard people say that before, but I personally, and maybe I'm just, I just don't know why. I've never had a trouble at all. Well, that's why you like Apple so much. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a self-selecting thing. I haven't had thing, really anything to uh, complain had about yet. All right, uh, we have some funny DRM news. A uh, California digital rights management company has vowed to crack the iTunes digital rights <gasps> management so that they can then sell a product that allows other digital right management companies to make songs that play on iPods. This is a straight that is directly off of the Boing Boing posting. <laughs> Basically, Navio Systems says they're going to reverse engineer the iTunes DRM because it is potentially illegal to make a locked song that plays in iTunes unless you're using the iTunes DRM. So that's Apple's way of making sure that anyone who's in the music store has a relationship with them. So you can play a free MP3 or you can play an iTunes AAC. Those are the only two ways really to play a song on the iPod. There may be a few other ways I'm missing, but those are the two main ways. So if you want to sell your own music with your own DRM, you either have to strike a deal with iPod or forget about it. So this DRM company is going to reverse engineer and create a way to hack their own DRM so that it plays within the iTunes DRM and then people can buy songs directly from them and play it on their iPods with digital rights management. This sounds, reading over this, this sounds to me like it's a way to get the the launch for real to accomplish its long long held dream of selling its songs and making them compatible on the iPod because they've had that ongoing back and forth where real hacked the fair play I think mm-hmm. and, and so that its songs could play on the iPod and then Apple called them hackers and criminals <laughs> and it went on and on and this sounds almost like they are making an end run by kind of going through this third party maybe yeah so I because there are a lot of mentions of real networks purchased songs to in this know. article. To me, this is just shows that DRM is not the most efficient way to to build your business because this doesn't even involve the consumer. It's just people going after each other, people getting mad about DRM because it doesn't work with their DRM. Right. (laughs) All of which just serves to cordon you off in a bunch of little DRM bunkers. And maybe you don't notice it because you only buy your music from the iTunes music store, but... At some point, you might. At some point, there might be some song that you can only get on the real network store, and then that's the end of it. All right, we've play got it on your iPod. A little more on the Google World Domination Watch, uh, some TiVo news, and your voicemails and emails in just a sec. Do you believe anything is possible? At Earthlink, we do. We believe the same company that delivers your lightning-fast DSL connection can deliver your home phone service and wireless service, too. One company for all your communication needs. Visit earthlink.net and start believing today. Earthlink, we revolve around you. So it looks like uh, that crazy Brewster Kale, founder of the Internet Archive, is getting involved with uh, 
Google's plans to archive every book and piece of information in the free world? Yeah, this is uh, in today's San Francisco Chronicle, uh, and it mentions not only the Internet Archive's uh, uh, partnership with the Library of Congress to archive all of the um, public domain yes. printing in the world, but they're also partnering with Google's Google Print initiative. Or what is it called now? Not Google Print. Google Print. Google, oh, right. They changed the name. Google Book Search. Google Book Search. But here it's... No, no I think this might be different. This okay. might be a library initiative, the Google Print Library Project. Okay. but so And it's with partner libraries. I think Google is banking... <laughs> Wait, is that not the same thing as Google Book Search? Yeah, it's the same thing. Okay. I think it's the same thing. All right. Uh, but it's a way for Google to sort of say, hey, we're the good guys. This isn't just about stealing books. We're doing the, you know, we're doing the public domain thing. Mm-hmm. And... The Internet Archive get involved with the Library of Congress makes it a really big, real initiative mm-hmm. that it's not just a Google thing anymore. So I think Google's trying to hide itself within this. A little bit. Well, because the, the stuff that Brewster Kell has done with the Library of Congress is great, which is he has that Internet bookmobile, which lets you uh, has scanned books that you can then print out and bind in volume so that it's not just a you know a sheaf of paper. And then he takes that around basically so that uh, people in Eastern Africa or without access to libraries can still get access to books and including great works. The thing so. I always wonder when I see this stuff is where Project Gutenberg fits in. Yeah. Because I know it's a different thing. They're just putting the text online. They're not trying to package it up. They're not scanning pages. You know, they're, they're, they're doing it a little differently, but they've done a lot of work. I would assume it would be helpful yeah. to integrate that. I don't know. I'm actually reading a, uh, F. Scott, an F. Scott Fitzgerald book on my PDA right now. From Project Gutenberg. Does it hurt your little eyes? No, it doesn't. See, I listen bad. to books. Yeah. I use Audible on my iPod. And I that is currently my favorite um, digital book consumption method. Because I get kind of carsick when I try to read on the BART. <laughs> More in Google <laughs> World, on. Domination Watch. Uh, Ari wrote in to ask about the shipping containers we talked about yesterday. It's a, it's a story that perhaps Google is experimenting with packing shipping containers full of processors that they would then drop across the country as part of a their dark fiber plans and create their own sort of distributed computing grid. With massive amounts of storage in Ari, each container. Ari speculates that maybe the shipping containers would be used for load balancing, mm-hmm. which... That would be a legitimate use, and Google could use it because they have these huge serving projects like Google Print, like Google Image Search, like all the cached pages. But then why do they need, like, however many petabytes of storage? You know, it's always good to have a few petabytes around. (laughs) Because you never know when you might need them. it's the grid. (laughs) Accept it. The grid is coming. All right, we got a call from Indiana. Hey, Tom, Molly, Veronica. Uh, This is Law from Indiana. And I just wanted to say, I also love Frapper. And to uh, give an answer to the trip, yes, Veronica did look exactly uh, as I thought she was going to look, too. So I, I find that very funny that someone else uh, thought the same thing. And one last thing, too, as far as the whole Google thing, I, for one, welcome all Google overlords. Bye. <laughs> are you the guy on Slashdot that posts that, or are you just ripping them off? Yeah, because I've seen that. Welcome the Google overlords on Slashdot before. I, for one, before. welcome our Google overlords. <laughs> I, lo- I just love that. I, for one, welcome our X overlords <laughs> in any, whatever, in any case. It always makes Insert me laugh. Insert overlord here. <laughs> and uh, Veronica, you, you look like you talk, apparently. That's, that's the conventional wisdom. Apparently. People think so, too. Huh. Huh. All right. Uh, on I to the bits. I think by that they mean cute. Oh. Oh. Well, today I look like a sick little something 
Waif. Yeah. No, you don't. No. TiVo (laughs) planning an RFID aware PVR. So what this basically do... You have an RFID chip. I don't know if they shoot it in your neck or you wear it around your, your neck. I don't know. I don't know how that part works. But, it's embedded. Which but basically, is awesome. you have an RFID, and the TV would be able to tell who you are, and then provide your personal services to you. So, in other words, for they could forward stored shows from home to a TV in a hotel room because you have your little RFID thing. Ah, uh, last box. Yeah. You know, I think this is really cool, but uh, it's a patent application, so it's still in the works. I think TiVo has. Um, a lot more services it needs to introduce first, such as the ability to forward a TV show to a hotel room before they can start implanting us. Well, they could. They could. A series two allows you to, to transfer uh, your your uh, shows between boxes. I know, but they still have a pretty serious problem selling those standalone boxes. Was what I'm saying. Like, oh, you need feature... to get you need to get the, them into the hotels. Is what you're saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's okay. True. You know what? I'm ready to offer myself up to science. I will take the chip. <laughs> <laughs> Chip me. I want to try all these really cool things. I want to have like my TV shows wherever I go. I want doors to open when they see me coming. You're the next Kevin Warwick. I want a chip too. I'm with you. All right. I'm fine with the RFID You people chip. are nuts. I don't Chip care. me. I'm tired of being like, ooh, the government's going to get me. Actually, I don't worry. I just want to go that. through an airport security and be cool. I just want to like, you know. I just want to wave my little chipped wrist in front of the yeah, checkout at we'll the grocery store. Wave your rights yeah. while yeah. you're at it. Well, all right then. Fine. I can't wait. I'll do it. Uh, Sony, uh, an idea for Sony that was posted on Boing Boing here uh, is that they, since the rootkit will automatically call out and update itself, why not have it update itself with a warning for anyone who accidentally has it saying, hey, your CD is subject to recall. Here's all the information on how to fix it. Good idea. Hmm. Our listeners are so smart. Too bad Sony will never do that. <laughs> uh, Paris accelerating their move to open source a little faster than originally intended. They want to reduce their dependence on suppliers, go totally open source. Huh. Crazy. So they're using uh, OpenOffice and Firefox. They have to wait for that uh, train strike to finish before they can really get going on that. <laughs> nobody can get to work to implement the open source right now. <laughs> <laughs> Brutal. Uh, a story about outsourcing. This leads me to a funny story that I read recently in the Wall Street, uh, Wall Street Journal about outsourcing um, vis-a-vis Thanksgiving. It was uh-huh. how to optimize your Thanksgiving. They said you should only cook the core elements of your dinner and guest source the rest. The, you should only cook the core Xbox so you cook 360? The- <laughs> what? You cook the turkey and then make other bring. You do like the turkey the and the mashed potatoes crap. and maybe the stuffing and then everybody else brings, uh-huh. everybody brings everything else. Guest sourcing. Distributed dinner. <laughs> Distributed dinner. I thought it was hilarious. Anyway, uh, Wired has an article about rural sourcing. This company apparently outsources uh, work not to India or Mexico, but rural America. How do you say that word? Rural. <laughs> How do you say it? Rural. Rural. <laughs> rural. I say rural. What? It's slightly different. I am from rural America, and you're going to mock so my rural accent. Hey, I'm from rural America, too. I'm from rural America. <laughs> no, you're not. That's true. <laughs> Tom's hickier than Population me. Population 5,000. Oh, yeah, you win. Okay, well, anyway, apparently, while not as cheap as... Uh, labor in India, it is a little <laughs> bit more cost effective, maybe to outsource to Middle America because you get kind of local accents, similar time jo- time zones, and you don't get kind of that bad press that you might get if you were outsourcing overseas. And it's still a cost of living is cheaper in in the outlying areas, mm-hmm. so you still get a, sa- a a wage savings as well. The outlying areas, you can only get away with that because of your five thousand person areas. town. <laughs> <laughs> In the hinterlands, they work real cheap. Well, from the big city of Atlanta, we got a call from Bill. 
Hey, Tom. Hey, Molly. Hey, Veronica. This is Bill in Atlanta. I was calling about the TiVo and Apple partnership. It looks like we can finally take the life support off of TiVo because the patient is breathing on its own again thanks to the, uh, the assistance of Apple. I mean, who better to, uh, to partner with than another company whose demise was greatly exaggerated back in 1996? But uh, just a couple of things. First of all, um, does this make the TiVo to go service um, dead now because of, of this partnership? Uh, I know that it was kind of clunky to begin with, but are they just going to kind of sweep that under the rug and let that go? And secondly, um, with the, the whole download process, which it sounds kind of like it's going to be a little bit of a big deal going from TiVo unit to computer, then onto your iPod, um, how soon will it be when we can see TiVo on your iMac? Um, I mean, they've already got a Windows Media Center, so why couldn't we do it on our iMac uh, with iTunes and, and TiVo? Uh, just a couple things to think about. I hope you guys have a great holiday. Take care. Oh, so many questions. IMAC. Wow, I don't know where to start. Uh, is TiVo to go dead? I don't think so. No. I, I don't think so. It is it is having a problem well, taking off, but this seems to actually help it Yeah, the TiVo to go is part of this iPod PSP thing, yeah. so this is a good thing. And I don't know about TiVo on the iMac. That, I don't know. That'd be the, you know, cool. everybody's been speculating about some sort of PVR relationship. Would Apple buy TiVo? Yeah. So this does further along those rumors. I have thought that Apple could buy TiVo for a while because that is kind of a good convergence of user experience, but more likely they'll build their own because that's what they do. Yeah. Got, yeah. Got a question here from Aaron in Jackson, Tennessee. Hi, Tom and Molly. This is Aaron from Jackson, Tennessee. I was just wondering if y'all had any more information or any updates about the supposed $400 laptops from Walmart. Thanks. Yes. Yes. Actually, if you go to walmart.com, there is an uh, a ad right now while we're recording the podcast that says you can check the circular in your area for Friday, get a sneak peek on the deals. I mean, we did it for uh, our zip code here. And among other places, we found that an Oakland store is advertising an HP Pavilion laptop for $378. It's true. So you can go to Walmart's website, put in your own zip code, and check and see if it's happening in your area. Now but they're yes. going to have a double mob at Walmart, Xbox 360 true. plus the cheap laptop. Bob from Minneapolis with a comment on the pricing structure for iTunes. Hey, Tom and Molly. It's Bob from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Hey, first of all, you guys rock. Second of all, I find it absolutely criminal that the record labels want to jack up their prices off of 99 cents when ABC is giving me loss for a buck 99 an episode for a full 42 minutes of video and audio. It's just ridiculous. They need to, like, wake up and smell the Internet. So you guys have a great day. Love listening to the podcast. Makes my day every day I listen to it. Thanks, guys. It's not exactly the same thing. Well... It, it's a good point in that it raises the point that I have made often, which is that even 99 cents for a digital song, really, when you think about it, kind of ridiculous. So $2 for a song? No. People pay it. Well, they shouldn't. <laughs> uh, and then we have finally a call from Dan, who has a tip for Veronica. Hi, this is Dan. And in order to not mispronounce anybody's name, I'll just affectionately call you guys the MTV Anyway, I wanted to tell Veronica that maybe she should look at Nopix Myth. Um, surely she's heard of Myth TV, and Nopix has a distro that makes it really easy to install, and it beats the heck out of a TiVo. And I've had TiVos, and they're really cool. And I've had DirecTV, which I agree with you guys, really sucks. Okay, have a good one. Bye. You going to do that? I don't know. I haven't actually heard of it, but I'm going to look into it. Well, it's Myth TV, I think. Did yeah. you write the column about that, or did I? <laughs> <laughs> I think job, you guys. did, but I'm planning to build one. Okay. So I'll keep you, Veronica, posted on how that turns out. Yeah, okay, great. Yeah. 
Email from Carlos. He uh, he chastised me for not having more enthusiasm about adding uh, adding him <laughs> to the frapper. He's in Rio. So yeah, is that better? Uh, but yes, uh, if others, ha- he wants to know if others have iPod video battery issues. I just oh. got my iPod video and last night I felt like the battery went down a little faster than I expected. I have definitely heard, um, people say that the video is likely to, I mean, it just makes sense that the video is likely to deplete it faster. So yeah. I suspect the battery life is not going to be as good. No, I think it's only, it's, it's normal for music, but I think when you do the video, it's like, don't quote me on this. I think it's like two to four hours but i think more closer to two yeah it's okay. sort of like a laptop like you can yeah. word process all the live long day but you can't watch dvds that would sound about right because i played a little bit of video during the day just showing it to people like mm-hmm. hey here's what the video looks like mm-hmm. and then i listened to songs on my ride home about 40 minutes so and then it was about halfway through the battery so that's that's about that's about right now i just want to point out that carlos also says he can't find my picture on frapper and it's there. after I've i know seen it but I can't find it either. I mean, I can't. You don't just ha- see it. It's not in the list of recent have, okay. pictures. It's not there. Have you zoomed in yes. on San Francisco? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can zoom in and find it. I'm just saying it's not in the list with everyone else's pictures. So, I don't know Carlos, why. I feel your pain because I added myself like five times because I couldn't see my picture either. either. Well, but now it's we can there. see you because your little icon from um, the Buzz Report is oh, yeah, on, that's the, true. on the map. But if you zoom all the way in on the San Francisco Bay Area region, it's there. I did it. I added it. Three times. You actually okay. put Three your times. reels <laughs> <laughs> I put my real zip code too. I put the office zip code. Oh, Ooh. I was hey. wondering why you were in uh, yeah. San Francisco. Why I'm on not... the bridge. <laughs> I am proud of my Oaktown mojo. Under the bridge. I live in the sunset. I'm not ashamed of it. Uh, we got an email from Dennis, <laughs> aka X Agent, uh, oh. who said he has a Canadian ISP, and we talked about the podcast right. blocking amongst Canadian ISPs yesterday. He said he is not experiencing this. Interesting. And actually, if you go back to the Boing Boing post about it, there are further clarifications where there's some controversy over whether it's happening or not. There's varying results. Some people are experiencing it. Some aren't. So it's possible it could just be a bandwidth issue rather than an actual blocking. Like if a lot of people are downloading podcasts, they may be throttling the bandwidth. I don't know. Mm. Especially with video podcasts where it's pretty bandwidth intensive. Yeah, true. Umesh is tired of hearing about Sony. Well, we barely <laughs> talked about it today. Yeah, I don't know. I it think was an important thing. though. That's not all we're talking about, but it is really important. And DRM is an issue that touches almost everything having to do with technology lately. So I think this was a story that was was worth the attention that we gave it. It's always a problem when you have a big story that lasts over time like that. Yes. Especially if it just doesn't apply directly to you. But the good thing about the podcast, you can fast forward. It reminds me of my producer at NPR when I was interning there who was like, I'm tired of Bosnia. (laughs) (laughs) Aw. I just dated myself. Okay, Sahela wrote in, uh, and she said uh, not only that we rock, but she was interested in uh, how she could protect herself from the Sony CDs, actually. She's like, Mm -hmm. I have a Sony CD. Do I have the rootkit? What do I do? So there is a list on the Sony website where you can go and find out which titles actually had the rootkit on them or the MediaMax protection on them. Mm-hmm. And then they have a link there to their uninstaller, which, as we know, has been reported to have security problems. So you may or may not want to run that uninstaller until they've perfected it. Right. The other way you can go about, if you find out you have that CD, is to find out if you actually have the rootkit, you can download Microsoft Anti-Spyware, the beta version, and it can scan and find the rootkit and it will offer to remove it for you. Right. So Presumably you without opening you up to further attack. All right. My friend Jerry Day used to produce Call for Help uh, 
said, emailed in and said that he's going to use our decaf story from the other day where we said caffeinated coffee actually better for you than decaf <laughs> in his office because uh, his office requires everyone to drink decaf. Which what? is ridiculous. Wait, That's what? against How fast would you quit? I wouldn't even start. I know. Well, I'm assuming they only have decaf in the office. I bet they let you bring in your caffeinated oh, sure. coffee from outside. Yeah. But, but if they have some sort of scanner, that'd be pretty neat. That's a hostile environment. <laughs> Um, a couple of frapper shout outs Jazz Jaws Jaws From Bethany, Jazz, Connecticut From Bethany, Connecticut uh, Says no shouting No no oh, shouting sorry. It hurts sorry. the ears <laughs> And uh, uh-huh. An- Andrew from New York uh, Says he is not a llama I Or saw that. is he? Dude you're not a llama Everybody knows llamas can't type they can talk. They can talk, however. They can't type. <laughs> Typing, not so much. Ooh, maybe the llama dictated. All right, thanks. We, I think this may be one of the best voicemail days we've had. We had some great stuff today. Yeah. Uh, but if you want to join in on the conversation yourself, give us a call, 1-800-616-CNET. You can email us, buzz at CNET.com. Post on our forums, forums.cnet.com. And Molly is pointing at me with anger in her eyes. Because before we go, we have some huge news to announce about our help desk. Oh, my gosh. Can't on the day after Thanksgiving. I hope you have not tuned out because you can win one of 10 Xbox 360s. Xbox 360! That we will be giving away throughout our 12-hour marathon, the Holiday Help Desk, the day after Thanksgiving in, here in the States. Xbox Molly and I will be joining Brian Cooley this Friday, win an Xbox. November 25th, Holiday Help no. Help, Help Desk, Desk Live. Helpdesklive.cnet.com for more information. Win Xbox 360. Seriously. Okay, right. bye. Bye.